Got nothing else to say. <laughs> how about you lick this battery and tell me how it feels? Those don't shock you, so. Oh. <laughs> how would you know? <laughs> I've looked a I've lot of batteries in my day. I looked up. <laughs> Google. Google told me. I wasn't chewing on batteries. You guys know what else chews on batteries? The TMBC. And welcome back. It is TMBC. We've got a whole lot of people here today and a fun little show planned. Let's uh, go around the table and introduce everybody, starting with... Hey, I'm Devin. <laughs> what? No, shoot. I'm Chase. You're Chase. I'm okay. Chase. Okay, so My you're bad. back. You're back. Who's this? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Devin. <laughs> Also sure. known as the guy that was in one Instagram photo on our page and two other episodes. Hooray. Say something cool. And returning from the last episode. <laughs> I'm Kevin. Alina. Yay! And I'm Jason, as always. Welcome back, everybody. This is, I think, is this the biggest show we've done, Chase? Like, as far as people? Five people? Yeah. I don't think we've ever had five two, three, before. Four, five. 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 I don't even count. You I just, counted. I just Good guessed. Job. <laughs> I'm glad you could guess five. Yeah. yeah, I think. Let's see. Our <clears> the last the last like group episode we did was with. Uh, yeah, we only had four. This is the biggest episode. Nice. That's fun. How many kind people of, you have yeah. on Savage Lands? Uh, let's see. On Savage Land, we did. Uh, we had one episode with six people, um, but generally we have four. Shoot, we gotta beat six next time. Yeah, to we'll bring have a to, I could do eight. I could do eight if we if we have a mic for everybody. You could do eight. Yeah. Like we could we could have eight people on an episode, right. that'd be fun. Um, so let's see. Since the last time we recorded, since it's been a little while, uh, there were there were a few things that we talked about. First of all, we established that we would be uh, compiling together through all of our various social mediums, whether it be Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever else we used. Uh, that we'd be compiling a bracket of sixty four different action stars who had no superpowers uh, to battle it out in some sort of sick and twisted Hunger Games slash March Madness Battle Royale. Um, and then uh, we also have had two uh, action movies come out since then that uh, I think, let's see, one of them was seen by three of us in this room, but the other was seen by all of us. Uh, I think the first one we should probably talk about is Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. That would have been a good time for me to cue that music. Actually, I should have just. That's what I was doing. That, I, that was a I think that was better than that was a really. Music. I did a really. That was convincing. Here, try it one it? more time. Dun, 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 dun. See, okay, I can't not, recreate it. Really died out of me. Wow. Act. Yeah. I. Uh, I threw it up to you, man. It was a nice little lob, and I expected. Hey, to I did it the it first try, and you were like, "Oh, maybe I should have cued the professional." <laughs> music for it well maybe if you had sounded a little better maybe it would have, maybe it would have sounded like the actual track and i wouldn't have even known the difference that's all i'm saying just you know shoot higher <laughs> all i'm Whatever. saying is don't suck as much that's all I'm, that's, <laughs> that's all i'm all. saying yeah um fine i'm, I'm leaving <laughs> but no we so we we all saw rogue nation right everyone in the room yes mission impossible rogue nation Devin. the new mission impossible yes, yes? okay cool did you like it loved it what did you love about it? Everything. 
<laughs> You're horrible. More specifics. Come on, Devin. I'm trying Content. to get an interview Devin, and uh, he's got nothing. Come on. It was good. I liked it. I just throw in comments. You throw in comments. You want to give feedback. You don't want to contribute. <laughs> Do I have to? Maybe. And you chew on ice. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I just had to mute him. <laughs> It's it's okay. It's not like it shows up on the production or anything, right? Yeah, it does. Oh, 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 oh! That's how these mics work. <laughs> hmm. um, let's see, Chase. What what were your thoughts on Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation? Wait, spoiler alerts or not? Definitely spoiler alerts. Okay, one hundred percent on on Man from Uncle, which we'll be talking about next. We may not spoil too much since you two haven't seen it yet. Wait, did the did they go see it? Yeah. Oh yeah. How come I didn't get an invite? Uh, oh. You did. Oh, yeah. That's right. There was a seat next to me that was yours. Who would you end up going with? No one. Because oh. I had to post last minute, like, hey, anyone want to go to Man from Uncle? Because you were like, oh, I can't go. Well, you told me that day, too. Yeah, I know I told you that day, because you don't know until that day if you're going to be able to go or not. But I told you I, I told you that I got the screening pass like a week oh, it, earlier. Oh, See, Jason's yeah. one of those cool people in the press. You know, the media. Yeah. And so he gets invited to see all these movies before. Got all the hookups. People just like me, so that's why I get to go. Yeah. But, People don't like me that much. They don't, so you have to show your press badge. Yeah, my, my TNBC press badge. Because spoiler, shoot. everybody, people consider Jason, you know, the institution that creates this podcast to be the media. I'm, I'm a media. I'm, I'm a, I'm Hi, a media. media. I'm Chase. Hey, Chase. Welcome. I've been uh, I've been in media now for twelve years. Um, it's you know it's it gets easier every day. <laughs> it gets better, Jason. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, total spoilers. Uh, you know, feel free to express your thoughts one hundred percent. I thought the action was really good, so it was mm-hmm. like the comedy. But like the story was all right. Wasn't too, um, you know, intriguing. Yeah, it was kind of confusing for me. Really, like that girl never gets caught, even though she helps him out like three times. Obviously, oh, that that uh, what's it, the villain never catches her in her her plan or her. I think he knew the whole time that she was doing it. Actually, yeah, because that was his whole plan. I like the whole the ending, how it was like he figured out like what this whatever this guy is planning is going to happen no matter what. So he's like, well, let's just go with it. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I like the ending. Fit well. I so the one thing I was thinking throughout the entire movie watching her was how good of a Wonder Woman she would have made. Don't you think she has that look about her that like, like first of all she 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 was a tough chick. She was, and she's that, but I don't know. She looks a little more like buff than uh, Gal Gadot does. Yeah, but she's not as good looking. That's you know you might you might be true on that, but you win some, you lose some. That might be true. I mean, that's just sexist. I know. You would never say that about Superman. Yeah, I would. You'd never. Oh, you would. Henry Cavill looks way better than Brandon Routh. Yeah, but we'll get to that later on. We will get to that <laughs> later on because he was in Man from Uncle. <laughs> so was it Cavill? Was or he really? Cavill? He was, yeah. Oh. Uh, I, see, I don't know because I was thinking about that like throughout all day yesterday. I was like, is it Cavill or is it Cavill? I feel like one of those must be the uh, pretentious media person. Uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. I, I really don't know. It I, is Henry Cavill. It sounds like Cadillac Coupe de Ville. I'm, I'm that guy. <laughs> like Henry Cadillac Coupe de Ville. I want to see an interview with him, you know, so with Army Hammer. So how was it working with Cadillac Coupe de Ville? <laughs> Who? Cadillac Henry Coupe, Coupe de Ville? Is that? Henry Coupe de Ville. I think that's going to be my new name for him, Henry Coupe de Ville. That's maybe way that, better. Maybe Cadillac should be his nickname. Oh, he dude. is so smooth and luxurious. Easy. Easy. Mm. 
That's that's very nice. He did look very smooth and luxurious in the movie. Okay. <laughs> but back he had in, to be there, guys. He was super he just, sexy. Yeah, come on. Uh, but what about you, you two? Let's see, Alina, what were your thoughts on Mission Impossible Rogue Nation? Uh, I thought it, well, it was probably my favorite Mission Impossible, but I didn't get introduced to them late or until later. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the same connection to ever, to the first three that everyone else seems to like yeah, i didn't yeah. see them until well after uh the born movies oh okay <laughs> yeah for you the nostalgia isn't there i've and after seen them four times probably <laughs> like go and see mission impossible 2 the nostalgia really doesn't hold up no like i mean because i think everybody uh, like in the back of their minds that they saw it when it first came out they go man mission impossible 2 that one was awesome you know i mean he's hey, rock hey. climbing and he has the cool sunglasses but you go back and watch them, and you go, jeez, this was terrible. Dang yeah. it. Yeah, Devin, what's your talking favorite about one? that? <laughs> the second one. The second one's your favorite. I better not go back and watch it. Don't. It, yeah. it, it It'll ruin it. When was the last time you watched it? I don't know. Probably like last year. I think. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> I love the second Mission Impossible. Yeah, but you love crappy movies. Just bad movies. You love them. How like kind. Triple X. It's true. <laughs> oh. Like, like I can see, like, watching a crappy movie, I'm like, this movie sucks, but Devin would love it. Well, I think Devin watches it for the action, probably, like, because I think the, what you said, like, when you were talking about Mission Impossible 2 earlier, you're like, oh, yeah, when he goes, like, rock climbing and stuff, because it was a great scene. Yeah, you like the far out there, like, crazy stuntman, like, oh, no way, that can never happen in real life, but it's awesome because he did it. I think the epitome of that whole idea is the motorcycle scene in Mission Impossible 2. Yes. It's really cool because they did it, but man, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) Is that impossible in real life? It's pretty well impossible. There's also the whole, like, he kicks up the gun from the sand and catches it and shoots him. That yeah, whole fight that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it was like slow motion, him like, doing every move in slow motion. That was my favorite. Yeah. I better go and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> did you? But you didn't see Ghost Protocol, did you, Devin? The fourth one. No, I have not. Well, I saw half of it. So, oh, yeah, you did, because you were talking about the, the... The disc was scratched. Yeah. <laughs> Half my life. <laughs> That's the worst. As soon as he was falling off the building. <laughs> See, we do not condone piracy, so he couldn't watch the rest of the movie. Yeah, because he disc would was not scratched. go and download it online. Of course Wouldn't not. Do it. No, piracy bad. Um, <laughs> so, so you're saying, <laughs> Alina? So you're saying, Alina? Then that you are you saying that it was a detriment to this movie that you don't have the nostalgia for the other franchises, or you think that this movie was better because you didn't have that? Well, I think that I don't have the same, like, bias. It's like the people, like, young kids don't automatically dislike the first three Star Wars. Oh, the prequels? The prequels. Episodes one through three. Yeah, episodes one through three. Because they didn't have any real emotional connection to the last three. Yeah, that's true. That's how I feel about Star Wars movies. And so I feel like this one got a boost to me because I didn't have it competing against the other ones at all really. Yeah. I I see what you mean there because I, I didn't watch the, the first, well actually I didn't watch the first two Mission Impossible movies as they came out. I watched them later when the third one came out. Um, for me, like I, I, I think like my in my order of Mission Impossible movies, I think like Ghost Protocol, then Rogue Nation, then one, then three, then two as far as like order of good to bad. Um... But I know a lot of people who still will hold the first one up above all the other ones, which, I don't know. The first one is, like, 
the most realistic out of all of them. Well, and, and it's like the one that's most um, separated from the franchise. Like it doesn't fit with the rest. That's true. the The first one is much more of a mystery movie. Yeah, in a lot of the ways that compared to the other ones that are pretty well just action movies. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, gotcha. Sorry, I keep going, but Kevin. The, I think it's another one of those things again where when you like when you remember back the nostalgia, you go, "Man, Mission Impossible was pretty great." But we all forget that Mission Impossible came out in 1996. You know, this was right after Windows 95 showed up on the scene. And we all <laughs> went, "Man, technology! It's so fascinating." Yeah. You know, and, and you forget that he just. Part of his being super awesome is sending out emails to random email addresses, and we go, "Man, Tom Cruise, he's so sharp with technology." <laughs> it's true. When when any movie like relies too heavily on technology, it kind of it wears off pretty quick. It doesn't hold up for very yeah. long. I like how in the first one they don't actually do the like they don't have the legit masks where they just you know switch actors. Yeah. They have like actual prosthetics on their face, mm-hmm. and then they peel them off. I like that a lot. And then they kind of go far out. The second one is what changed the franchise is because they're like, we're going to make this one so cool and all that stuff. You know? Yeah. I like how in this new one, they didn't use the masks as much. You know, yeah, the they second one, they're always it. using the masks. And then they couldn't use the masks because of the new technology that reads your body language, too. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, and I like, and they did that in the fourth one, too, where they like started making a mask and then the, the machine crapped out on them so they couldn't use the mask. Do you remember yeah. that scene? I like that the mask has sort of just been involved in all the movies, like this weird running thing that always happens. Yeah, but they don't, like, use it yeah. as much. Not know? anymore, which I like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because it was, it, was, it was cool in number three. I think it was best used in number three when, uh, when Tom I don't even Cruise, remember number three. That was the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain. Yeah, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? When Tom Cruise... I've only seen it once. It was, like, four years ago when it came out, I guess. So, in number... Yeah, that was, like, five years ago, five six years, years ago, ago something like that. I don't know. Um, but when, uh, when Tom Cruise goes in, he, he, he puts on the mask to look like Philip Seymour Hoffman and then attacks him in the bathroom after, uh, what's her face spills wine on him. And so then it's like this Philip Seymour Hoffman on Philip Seymour Hoffman fight scene. It's pretty awesome. Cool. It's the one time that was ever allowed to happen, but he was <laughs> nice. a good villain too. Um, let's go back and watch that one. Yeah. I like there would have been a joke that could have been made there, but it would have been out of taste. Yeah, it would have. It would have definitely been out of taste since he's dead. Rest <laughs> his soul. Um, <laughs> what about you, Kev? What's what was your what were your thoughts on the movie? Uh, I I loved it, and it's I've been noted here on this podcast and other places for having openly mocked this movie before it came out. Yes, um, and perhaps that's partly why I enjoyed it. I guess is that. It, my expectations were that it was not going to be as good as the fourth one. Mm-hmm. The villain wasn't going to be as good as the third one. And I was just going to walk away and say, yeah, it was a fine movie. you know. Yeah. But really, I think it was, the, in many ways, the best Mission Impossible. And, yeah. I don't know. There's not too many things that I can go and dislike about it. I, I mean, you could see some clear influence from other movies. But by and large, this was a rather great movie. Yeah, I... I totally agree. It's it's kind of funny that uh, I think this franchise and the Fast and Furious franchise are kind of witnessing the same thing where, like, toward the middle of the franchise, the movie started getting real rough, and then they got this, like, upward incline now that they've gone on, like, longer than anybody ever thought they would. 
And they just sort of like, I don't know, they keep getting better, honestly. Yeah, it is turning into like a Fast and Furious where they're like, we'll just make a new one every couple every, of years yeah. or, or so and just make it crazier than the previous one. And they're getting... Because I think they did. They, it, it keeps getting crazier. Every, everything's oh, yeah. escalating. The stakes get higher. And, yeah. And, and they're, they've already confirmed a Mission Impossible 6. Of course they did. They did? Oh, yeah, dude. Sick. Yeah, Tom Cruise was on uh, John Stewart's show. How can you up an anti... Like, <laughs> I don't know, and that's the thing is because yeah, like in Ghost Protocol, it was like we all have to vanish. You know, all the all the IAMF agents had to like vanish and yeah. go away. And then now in this one, it was like oh the the IMF is completely gone, and now it's back. The IMF's only five people now. That's true, I guess. At the end well, of no. this one, maybe they're going to rebuild they, it like they had it in the third one. Well, yeah, because they reinstated the IMF, so I'm sure that a lot of the other IMF agents are going to come back, or or they'll re- they all like, gone train from new ones. Ghost Protocol? Maybe they were. I don't know. They're, t- they're building like a team, like Fast and Furious. Like they have like a set team. Yeah, like a core member. And they're going to add people and then people are probably going to die. And Maybe Alec Baldwin's the villain in the new one. <laughs> no, he's the new secretary. Yeah, he's the new... Exactly. That's why he's the villain. It's from the inside, man. He's too dumb to be the villain. I don't know. Maybe he was just playing dumb, you know? Because I feel like... I don't know. But then again, Alec Baldwin hasn't really done much as far as acting goes for a while. Ever since, like, The Departed, and that wasn't that big of a role. So, I get. I mean, maybe he's not big enough to carry the villain spot of a movie, but... Speaking yeah, of villains, though... not cool enough. What'd you, think of the, what'd you guys think of the villain in this movie? Whoever wants to talk. He was creepy. And mysterious. My first but, thought was that he looked a lot like Simon Pegg. <laughs> actually. I was confused for a second, because it seemed like they had similar face stru- facial structure, you know... They were both obviously British. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, eh, is Simon Pegg playing both of these? And no, granted, I mean, people are going to go and look up Sean Harris on IMDb and be like, what's he talking about? But go and see <laughs> it and try not to think that now that you've heard it. Wait, who's Simon Pegg? He's uh, the, the He's British guy. He's Benji. He's Benji? That doesn't yeah. even look the same at all. Yeah, they look well. similar. They have similar face shapes. I mean, the, the, the bad guy was taller and like. What, just because they're both? ugly british guys well like no they have like kind of a round face both of them i think i i kind of see what you're talking about i don't i don't see them as looking super similar but i could see them being like brothers mm, i don't see it at all really what do you think Devin? do you think they look similar Benji well the bad guy? i would have to say not really <laughs> see <laughs> final vote alina <laughs> i thought he looked more like the guy Keep going. I have to find. <laughs> I think he looks like the Joker. So here you go. Looks like the Joker. Wrong. Here's, here's yeah, a picture no, of Sean Harris. Mm-hmm. They can't see that on the podcast. Yeah. Well, in this yeah, audible medium. Online, okay, we're, we're looking at a picture. So these are both from the posters. So the two movie posters that say "Go Rogue" that feature uh, both Benji. They're and not going to the look guy. them up. They might. I, I'll put Maybe. it in the episode notes. I'll give you props if you look it up. <laughs> go ahead and Google it, everybody. Everybody that's Actually, no, interested don't enough. Use Bing if you would. do it. <laughs> you just, Bing. just do it. Dude, Shia LaBeouf. There we go. Shia LaBeouf confirmed villain in Mission Impossible 6. I'd watch it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> as long as he gets killed. Tom Cruise versus Shia LaBeouf? That is way too much crazy not to Cannibalistic Shia LaBeouf. No, it's actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Actual, can- yeah. actual, actual cannibal, cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Sorry, I don't know the lyrics. There's some weird song on the internet. You were what? As long as the whole time he's trying to be motivating. <laughs> he's telling Tom Cruise to just do it. He's like encouraging him while he's chasing him down. Yesterday, you said you'd find me today, so just do it. I was going to do it. That's what I'm doing here. Do it. I am doing it. That's how it would go. 
Man, by the way, though, okay, Tom Cruise, for as crazy as Tom Cruise is, I've listened to, and, and not even just recent interviews, but interviews with him over the years, and that guy is like the most nice person in interviews that I've ever heard in my life. Tom Cruise is? Yeah. It's crazy. Have you ever seen Hugh Jackman's interviews? He yeah, is really nice. That's what I thought of his interviews. I was like, holy cow. Like, and also every single interviewer flirts with him, like, yeah. regardless of gender. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. And so he always brings up him. George Clooney. <laughs> are, we, are we trying to figure out the nicest interviewer? Interviewee? I don't know. I was just saying that that dude's freaking nice, contrary to what you might expect from his reputation. It's tough, because you can make fun of Tom Cruise a lot, but... You know, he delivers on all of his movies, and people go, oh, it's the same character. Well, yeah, everybody loves that character. Yeah. You know? Uh, he delivers. He seems like a genuinely nice guy. I thought him on well, uh, Top Gear. Yeah. When he did that, he was... He's awesome. Know, a, a nice guy, but seems like a pretty fun dude, too. Yeah. Well, and like, he's, he's apparently, like, one of the biggest film nerds ever. Like, he... I was listening to this interview with he and uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who was the director on this, as well as the writer... He also wrote um, Edge of Tomorrow and wrote and directed Jack Reacher. So he really likes Tom Cruise. Sick, by the way. Yeah. Hey, dang. I love Jack Reacher. It ruined the cars. Jack Reacher was awesome, yeah. And and both those movies are great. And he and Tom Cruise have a great relationship now. But apparently they hang out, like, multiple times a week and just watch movies. Like, sometimes they'll watch them without without any noise, like, random old movies and, like, watch the cinematography of it so they're not distorted by the words. And, like, he... They were in this interview... And, like, random things would get dropped, and then Tom Cruise would just make the most obscure, like, 60s movie reference that had something to do with it. And, like, it's just insane, just, like, talking about his inspirations and stuff and the way that he actually got big in the business. Um, it's, it's just really interesting to see, like, a sort of a different light, because he's always painted as this egotistical douche, crazy person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he might have a big ego, but he just, he does seem nice, and, like, he he's, seems like a very engaging speaker, you know, like the type of guy that's going to make eye contact with you the entire time he's talking to you type thing. I like, that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm liking Tom Cruise more and more every time I see him. And Jason's going to be starting a Tom Cruise fan yeah. uh, page on Facebook. So if you want to follow that. Yeah, TMBC Tom Cruise fan page. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll talk about how awesome Tom and Cruise is. The T sound, stands for Tom and the M stands for my boy. My yeah, Tom, my boy, Cruise. TMBC. Oh, my boy Cruz. <laughs> That's what it stands for now. You ruined our show. I know. It's the worst. Um, Speaking of that, of Tom Cruise. Yes. And random four-letter conjunctions and everything. Yes. Uh, he's actually a very good racing driver. Is he really? He is. He, what? Uh, he spent several years in the Sports Car Club of America. That's right, because before he, he did Days of Thunder when he was doing the, the training, or like when the yeah. prep and stuff for that movie, he just got caught onto it or whatever? He got hooked, and so then after Days of Thunder, he just kept driving and kept driving and decided to get into racing. That's crazy. He did pretty decently, but... Get out of here. If you saw the Top Gear you know, interview with him where they make him drive the star in a reasonably, reasonably priced car mm-hmm. on the last corner. He took it onto two wheels so he could get around the corner faster <laughs> and set the record lap. But, uh, because he's kind of a reckless driver as yeah. well. Cause you know, you can just buy a new car, right? Yeah. And, and he's Tom Cruise. Yeah. But did he beat Tim, the tool man, Taylor? He did. Dang it. <laughs> he, like he was the fastest guy Shoot. on the track. Um, it, it was later beat by somebody else, but, Wait, um, I think I know who that is. It was the dude who? Kronk's voice. Patrick 
Patrick Warburton. Warburton. Yeah, no, think- uh, Aaron Paul is actually at the top of the list. Oh wow! From Aaron Breaking Paul, Bad. Jesse. Aaron Paul. No way. Because of his uh, need for speed. need for speed. There training. we go. <laughs> training. Heck yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so SCCA, he was in there for several years, and people, because Tom Cruise was in it, and because he crashed so often, yeah. they said SCCA, instead of being the Sports Car Club of America, was Sea Cruise Crash Again. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. There you go. I know. That yeah. would be me if I were to do that. He is also an avid motorcycle rider, just an offhand comment I, I heard from me. Apparently he... Like he goes out in public a lot, but he wears his motorcycle helmet when and he rides around on his bike, so nobody knows it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and apparently, Brian Cranston ran into him one time because he saw his bike and went out and was like, "Oh!" And he saw him like there, and he's like, "He's like, hey man, like that's a really cool bike, you know? Like I love it." And they were just sitting there for like five minutes talking about this bike until Tom Cruise actually took off his helmet and he's like, "Oh, what the? F- You're Tom Cruise." <laughs> <laughs> this is like before Breaking Bad and stuff, apparently, but it's kind of funny. Little, I've been listening to a lot of interviews lately, in case you couldn't tell, these random stories that I all of a sudden have. Um, but no, so, so what, what was your, if, if you were to pick one part, you know, one aspect or character or scene or whatever of this movie, what would it be? Pick it for what? Like your favorite? Just, yeah, your favorite. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I should have said that. I didn't. You just said pick It was one in my head. head. <laughs> if it, so for me... My honestly, like my favorite part of the movie was um, the 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 car chase. When you know when he's got the you know, when he's chasing after the bikers right after he died, you know, and comes back, and just that that entire sequence of just absolute insane insanity. Um, and then right before that too, the just the moment where he you know falls over the hood of the car and then gets in and like you know Benji's like you were just dead a minute ago and he's just like. What are you talking about? Yeah, I thought he lost his memory or something. And yeah. It was like yeah, messed was up. Weird. Well, apparently, so that's that that actually came from a story of uh, of um, the director's older brother has uh, he was in a bunch of wars or something, and I guess that um, part of his like trauma, like something that happened with his injury in the war, a lot of the time he would just get totally like lost in conversation when like certain things were going on. I can't remember the exact story, but that was something that he would say all the time. Like, what are you talking about? When people would tell him about things that he did. And so that was where that line came from. It was actually improv from Cruz on, on set. But it was a nice little moment. And then the reaction from Midge, like, this is going to be wonderful. Or whatever. It was just it was good. It was pretty funny. I liked the movie, the comedy throughout. Yeah. So. What, was your, what was your favorite part of it? My favorite part? I don't know. I like most of the movie, but the coolest part, I think, coolest like stunt, mm-hmm. was in the beginning when he's chained to the... He's, uh, he's like handcuffed. Oh. With ropes. And he has to, like... He can't get it un... Did with uh, with the key, he's trying yeah. to unlock it. So he just like does this that move. Weird salmon ladder thing. Yeah, where he like pulls himself up and then bounces up the the pole till he gets to the top. Yeah. That was freaking awesome. I thought it was the coolest. That was pretty cool. So that's what I'm going to mention on the show. It was impressive. He was he now. Was, I want to try it. That would be a super sexy pole dancer move. <laughs> <That's for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise <laughs> give that a shot. What about what about I you? I don't know if he actually did that stunt too. Well, or how they did that. I don't know. Anyway, Devin. The part where they have to jump into the big hole into the water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just went to Lake Powell a little bit ago. I wouldn't have thought it was that intense, but mm-hmm. I couldn't jump off a 30-foot cliff. Yeah. That was like a 100-foot drop into water. Into like a tube. Yeah, but that's like up. the water sucks you down, so you don't get the, like, the splat feeling on your feet. You know? Still, but I'm sure you hit, your, you like, I'm sure you'd hit no? your freaking yeah, no back way. on that, the tube. That was probably <laughs> the craziest thing ever. It was sweet, though. Yeah. Could you hold your breath for that long? Definitely. 
I know this guy I work with. He said he was. <laughs> he watched the movie and he said the whole time he was underwater, he was holding his breath in the movie theater. I was like, no way. That scene is like 10 minutes long. It, it is one of those tense. That was probably the most tense moment. Is Definitely. It was pretty good. When I'm, I was like, oh, on that GC. I've seen it multiple times and every single t- after the first time I realized. And I'm, like, gripping the armrest thing here. Yeah. I'm just fully tense while he's in there swimming, running out of time. And I did it every single time, even knowing, like, oh, hey, don't freak out. It's just a movie. Yeah. And then I, sure enough, do it again and do it again. I'm like... I don't, I don't understand that either. Yeah. Like, every it, time any intense scene comes on, and I know the outcome already, and I'm always like, is he going to make it? Well, of course he's going to make it. Yeah. It's I mean, halfway it, through the movie. It shows how good they do the tension. I think it's also an aspect of Tom Cruise is that he does a really good job of putting tension into scenes just with the, the expressions on his face, with the way that he you know, does his body language. And even when it's in freaking water, yeah, you know, he really seems like he's... Str- you know, running out of oxygen, trying to rebreathe the same air, and then as oh, soon as he gets hit by that thing and has to pick up those chips, he's like, oh, like, oh, you can tell that he's the thinking, worst. which one is it? <laughs> Holy crap. I love how he decides, too. To he's just sitting there like, which one? And then it just flies away, and he's like, like screw it. This one. I got this one. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell I've if got one. he's just letting one go because he chose, or F it. Yeah, or, or that the I, wind I even it, like, caught it. And he was just like, oops, well, I... Yeah, let's see. Well, what's funny is he actually did a bunch of uh, breathing exercises too. Like he did so much training for this movie, he did like he and went. Always and, does training there for his movies, tons of stuff. And he did that to and practice like holding his breath underwater. And actually, for those scenes, he was actually underwater holding his breath. Like no way so in the yeah. scenes where he was underwater, yeah. the actor was actually underwater. He was actually underwater. What? Yeah. So is Tom Get Cruise essentially like the Peyton Manning of acting? He where seems this like guy it. tries way too hard all the time, never takes a break, and every other actor yeah. goes, Oh, man, just take a vacation. Seriously. Stop it. He's setting way too high of a standard. Daniel Craig must be hating Tom Cruise right now. Seriously. Because now he has to go into all of those scenes. I know. I know. He, he would have like this inferiority complex. Because like if James Bond Spectre. doesn't go and do the scenes, you know, then, yeah. oh. Pff, and the Americans him. win. Let's get a new Bond. Yeah. Well, and the Americans win in that case, you know? Our American James Bond did way better than your British James Bond. America always <laughs> win since uh, 1776. We've always won. <laughs> I don't know, no, man. British. Bond dominated World War champions. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, back to back. Yeah. No, this, this movie, man, like, I, I... First of all, it made me really excited just to keep seeing more things from the director, Christopher McQuarrie, because, like, Edge of Tomorrow and Jack Reacher were pretty freaking good. Um, and his first movie, actually, as a writer, was uh, The Usual Suspects. Kind of funny. He did that movie and then took like a six-year break or something like that and just went up to Washington in the mountains somewhere and just chilled and relaxed for six years. And then he decided he'd come back. I'll be back in six years, guys. <laughs> yeah. He's just chilling. Like, and he, he worked on stuff. Like He was writing while he was up there, but he wasn't doing anything like for a studio or any projects. He was just doing things for fun and like doing his own writing and then decided finally that he'd start maybe using some things. Um but no, I'm really stoked to see like what this guy does next, and if they bring him back for the sixth movie. Um, I don't know. I I loved every part of the movie. There wasn't a single part where I was like, "Oh, that's dumb." He's all. Jason's also starting a Mission Impossible fan page. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my favorite scene in the movie though was uh, near the end, where Alec Baldwin um, or director Hunley, yeah, is. Uh, is basically talking with Jeremy Renner, uh, Brandt. Yeah. And they have to go, and, and I guess 
Baldwin decides, oh, I should go and involve MI6 with this and goes and talks to Atlee. Mm-hmm. And that whole following scene with the Prime Minister. That was fantastic. That was, so that was one of those ones that uh, threw me for a loop, actually, like how that scene how it um, played out. Broke down, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I think that was the twist that made this story better than uh, the previous movie. Yeah. I, and I loved how Atlee was, through, or I mean, how the Prime Minister was throughout that entire scene. He's like, you know. Yeah. Was that I, like truth serum or something? No. He, was, he wasn't convincing him. He was just telling him what was happening. Because no, because the they shot the other guy when he came in, and he was like, he totally agreed with everything. He's like, I did do that. That's true. I don't think so. Yeah, the British I think guy. It's, it's probably more of the, when you wake up, do you have the sense to you know, know how to make a believable lie? Yeah, is that what they were no. going for? I think that's kind of what it was. Is that these guys were tranquilized and they're... Well, it seemed like everything they asked them, they would just tell them. They were like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so, so the prime minister, they were telling him because he was, he was already in agreement to what was happening because they explained what was going on. He saw Atlee come in. He knew that the syndicate was out. And so they were just telling him, okay, here's what your story is going to be. You know, and then telling him, oh, yeah. yeah. So I was just trying to figure you. out what, what was in that thing. Because, like, yeah. he says, this guy saved you. And he goes, oh, you did? How nice I'm of a, you. I must yeah. appreciate it. No, he was still waking up, but I think it was just, like, they weren't, they weren't like, they he were just. tranquilized, so he couldn't really observe all that well anyway. Yeah. Well, I hmm. think they were just telling him what the story was going to be because he was going to play along well, anyway. Because really he knew the risks of what was going on and he knew what happened. So I think it, you know, was yeah, just kind of him playing along. Um... What about you, Alina? Favorite part? As much as I am semi not a fan of motorcycles, I thought that scene was fantastic. The motorcycle chase? Yeah. It was very intense. Like, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to go through the whole, like, uh, farmer's market type yeah. thing that every single movie does. I know. It really does. Like, the weird, like, oh, my watermelons! Yeah, it was yeah, like, you're going like 130 miles an hour. Like, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> it was kind of nuts. Like, and, and the way they shot it, too, like, the how, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I shouldn't be super impressed by it, but just the, the amount that you see of the motorcycles when they're going through and, and yeah, how fast they're going and how much yeah. detail and you like see. And, like, the leaning, like, their knees touching yeah. the ground and Tom Cruise being like, oh, Ow. crap, because <laughs> he's not wearing the leather that everyone else is yeah. and, like... The pads and all that. I know that was that was a nice little touch when he does like bump his knee. He's like, ah, fuck. Uh, yeah. It's a good moment. Don't want to do that. <laughs> no, yeah, I uh, I loved that. That was a good scene. And then just having her like standing there at the end of the curve. Uh, that was such a good way to end that. I, was. I don't think there was like any better way to do that. For real. I was still wanting him to get up though. It's like, get up. She's right there. Just get her. Well, I mean, he just freaking, he was going yeah, I know. like 100 I'm saying, miles but an hour. It's, it's Mission Impossible. Yeah. He, he's been doing all this crazy stuff. I'm like, you're freaking Ethan Hunt. Just get up and <laughs> get her. But. I did like how that scene began, though, with him hardly there after being resuscitated. Yeah, I know. And crashing into like, a car a couple times and <laughs> not being able to slide over the hood. Yeah. It's high speed Good. chasing. You wanted to get the 4x4. Four by, the, the four by four. <laughs> Just had to have the 4x4. Four four. Hey, All right, best part of the movie. That was it. <laughs> you asking me that now? It was good. Yeah, all around, very good. From beginning good. to end, there wasn't much of a, a dry spot. Yeah, you know, where you're just kind of waiting for the movie to progress. It well, was... the whole thing is started out in action because it's not. There was no introduction. There was no love story. Yeah. There was no like, oh, we're hanging out. It's always like it just got straight yeah. into the action and it went through the whole. That's why I liked it. I was like, 
There's no like the. It's not like other movies, you know. Yeah. There wasn't tons of setup. And I, yeah, I, nothing. They didn't need that. I like how a lot of the trailer was pulled from the first two minutes. Yep. You know, I, love I didn't that. feel like I am waiting for a bunch of things from yeah. the trailer to see in the movie. And there's well, a couple things, you know, like oh, he jumps into a big flowing circle of water yeah and he okay, obviously dies that. gets out because yeah. they show that when he's yeah. like oh you just died and he's all wet and yeah i was like ah that's yeah. kind of and there's a few much, but, but how that's you know that was still at the yeah. middle of the movie well and those weren't so surprises I, either those yeah. weren't like surprising scenes that like were twists they didn't reveal anything yeah. about the plot by doing it yeah you know and i think yeah. that's something that the other movie that we're going to talk about man from uncle did very well mm-hmm. is that all of the things that Man from Uncle shows in the trailer, almost all of them are, yeah, same thing in the first like two minutes of the movie. So freaking awesome. But uh, before we move on to that, just real quick. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if I was disappointed by any one thing in this movie, mm-hmm. is that the awesome uh, acapella Fuji's Ready or Not, yeah. you know, was not in the movie, but it was in the trailer. Yeah. That was a that was a cool. It just sounded like a great little you know song for them to have in in the trailer and like it surely must play at some point in the movie and it didn't show not even in the credits. That was such a good trailer song. I hate that. Did that you, song alone too. made me more excited for the movie. Yeah, I, I don't know what song you guys are talking the, about. But. In the trailers, the Ready or Not by the Fugees, the, it was like this that weird like acapella like dramatic. I don't remember. Heavy bass. Sorry, I'll, to, I'll Google it. Yeah, it was. Just, just Google it. It was because it was a good song, especially in the trailer. Um, but uh, so, if if you were to give it, you know, a, a ranking, a number, percentage, fraction, whatever it is, what would you what would you rate this movie? We'll start with Chase and go around the room. Me? Yeah. I don't have enough time to think. Out of what? Out of whatever you want. Yeah, make you it choo- up. you choose your own scale and give it the rating out of that scale. Just give us a one to ten when you see it on there. Oh come on, random scales. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I can never come up with something really? clever enough in two seconds. I can. Let's see. All right. Let's see. Come 17 um, wrecked BMW 6 Series out of 20. That was the worst one. It wasn't even funny. That's okay, probably. give me a better one then. I told you, I don't have anything. See, exactly. Out of all the stars in the sky, how many, Chase? <laughs> It's a little hard percentage, <laughs> percentage wise. Just go percentage. Come on, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I'll give it. I'll give it like an eight out of all the stars in the sky. An eight, dude. There's like billions of stars. <laughs> eight. How, how many stars are there exactly? Tell me. There's tons of. Stars. Turn your mic back on, Devin. He has it on. It's just and every time he you got to talk into it to work. Okay, I'm so eight out of ten. This. Is that what you said? Is yeah, that I'll give it an eight out of ten. Okay. What about you, Devin? I'd say an eight point one out of ten. Oh, he just wheel of fortune to you. <laughs> At least. I don't understand how that one-up worked, but... What about you, you Kev? Me. I, I don't know. I think I would probably give it... Um, I'd give it three apple pies out of one geometric pie. <laughs> what? I, I get it. Three, I out, took three out of three point one four. So that math should work out to something like a ninety-five out of a hundred. Yeah, you know, three out of like three point one four. Get there it? Go. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alina? Um, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> a one like out of one. <laughs> if she saw it on Facebook, she would hit the like button. Yes, I liked it. 
eight and a half motorcycles out of ten. Okay. What kind of motorcycles? The ones in the movie. Okay. <laughs> BMW. I don't know what model no, they were. It, this was a pretty widely acclaimed one, though. Yeah. Uh, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. From the critics. What about audience? Audience was actually 91. It's slightly lower. Really? Which is strange. I mean, that is kind of weird. Usually you give it kind of the 20% extra think, for the audience. I think the only like reason... This. Yeah, usually usually movies get higher from audience, especially movies like this, action, action movies and stuff. I think the reason that that one might be lower on audience than critics is sequel exhaustion. People didn't want it to be good because it's a fifth sequel of a franchise. Well, so... I mean, this, and also just in an action movie itself, this is a very difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, for a little bit of context, uh, Skyfall got a 92% from critics and an 86% from uh, the audience. Wow. And I mean, that was, in many people's uh, estimations, like, I mean, mean, it is the most successful Bond film. It's what, the eighth highest grossing of all time? Skyfall? Yeah. Yeah, Skyfall. Skyfall. Something like the eighth highest grossing film Mm -hmm. of all time. Yeah. It was in the top ten. And it's been the highest reviewed one from <laughs> critics ever. Yeah. Of any of the, including all the, um, you know, old ones like Goldfinger and everything like that. It, so for them to pull that off in this movie is pretty It's pretty, pretty impressive. Incredible. Yeah. And Casino Royale got something around the same thing, like a 95. Yeah. Tomato score 89 from the audience. I don't really like Casino Royale. You don't like Casino Royale? Boring. I did because yeah. it switched it up so much. Yeah. That was weird. They made poker intense. <laughs> I got bored of the man. I, I don't know. Speaking, maybe I'd like it now. Speaking I of that. those scenes, though, you could tell a lot in this movie, Mission Impossible, a lot of scenes that were similar to James Bond films. Totally. Like there was the opera that they're in, which you're like, oh, Quantum of Solace did that. Yeah. You know, they're having a you know running people down scene, which is like pretty similar to the one at the beginning of Casino Royale. Yeah. Had the uh, um, the car chase scene. Which was very similar to the one in Skyfall. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of there were a lot of Bond similar scenes, scenes, totally in there, but done in a much more. I don't know. I guess I'd probably say gritty way. Yeah, awesome American way. way. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think this one had a more satisfying, like, checkmate moment. Definitely, yes, that was really good. That was amazing. I like how I, I figured it out. That. that was that was probably my favorite part. Yeah, was how it all came together in the end. Yeah, that was, it was just like ha. Beat you at your own game. <laughs> that was freaking impressive. Like, you know, and they they made it fairly plausible. And like, you know, you can you can insinuate for yourself that he only memorized one bank account number, you know, and that he was just playing on a gamble and hoping that the guy would take the bluff, you know, because he, I mean, he didn't. He could have done two. He could have even done two, three, you know? as a backup. Yeah, but you, you, that's the thing is they don't tell you directly. Oh yeah, he did memorize all of these. He, they just let you insinuate whatever you want out of it, um, which was nice because then people who don't want to think that a lot of things are possible don't have to and think people think want that want to think that he's capable of anything can still think that well i I think this movie kind of showed that um he always gets the job done no matter what even though he you know fails at a lot of things and Mm -hmm. in the fourth one they started showing that where he would mess up you know the fourth one was like him messing up all the time but he still figured it out this one kind of showed that ethan hunt as a character um He's always able to get the job done no matter what. No matter how much he stumbles. Yeah, no matter how good of a villain or smart of a villain he's up against, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So which actor did the, the best job, do you think? Who surpassed expectations? In this movie? Yeah. Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Man, why is... He really hung out in that office well. <laughs> why does Jeremy Renner keep taking these roles? Like, 
Hawkeye plus the dude in, in Bourne plus um, he's always like the he's secondary guy. got bills to pay, guy. man. You just take films. Well, it's it like he's a, he's an he's an Academy Award winning actor. Like, yeah, but really, we I all know that the too. money maker is that face of his. Man, he is handsome. <laughs> so he's ugly cute. He just got to throw himself. In it's front the of arms. Him. Don't be stupid. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I just it's it's weird that he's Jeremy just Renner not a leading is. character. He is. Guy, Did I you guess. see the Hurt Locker? Well, did no, you see I actually Born, uh, Yeah, Born did you Legacy? see Born? Yeah. Well, oh but I gosh. think that was more of a problem of the script than Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just better at being that like extra guy that's not the main guy, but is a really He's cool. not the main guy or the second to main guy. He's just that the other guy. guy. He's an awesome main main guy's best friend. He's really good at that. <laughs> he's like he's like both Mormon twins in Ocean's 11. That's yeah, that's mm-hmm. who he is. Um no, I I loved Simon Pegg in this movie, Ooh, honestly. Yeah. I thought Simon Pegg was rather yeah. fantastic as well. I He's he was, always hilarious. Like, and I think him. in this movie he took his, he he made the character better than it needed to be. Totally. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, and he's been good in since I mean obviously he's been in 3, 4 and 5 and he was good in all of them, but I liked him the most in this one out of any of them. Yeah, when he's like wakes up after the car crash. <laughs> ah, watch <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> he's I so liked good. when <laughs> That's a night. Like just the very start when he's like playing what? Halo. Uh, Halo, yeah. Yeah. That's a huge hallway. How do they not ever see him I doing know. that? That's I mean, like what I noticed. It's pretty solid product placement. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's no like Ant-Man iPhone product yeah. placement, but <laughs> it was pretty dang good and pretty laughable and enjoyable. Like, yeah. you have to get pretty close before he can see you in that mirror. <laughs> and, like, by that time, you would have seen one of his three monitors. No, totally, yeah. But it was still I enjoyed fun. it. How yeah. do you think uh, Rebecca Ferguson did? I loved her, actually. I was very surprised, and maybe it was just her face. I couldn't stop staring at her freaking face. Um, but like she, I, I thought that she did a good job for somebody that I've never seen in anything else. Yeah, she carried the intensity well. I thought she didn't uh, go to what yeah. a lot of actresses do in roles like that. Like, ooh, let's just sexy it, and that yeah. would cover any sort of faults of mine. Well, and I liked the way that they that they wrote her because it, it was you know it was very different than most you know Mission Impossible or Bond or whatever films do. Is that like she. She wasn't at all like like she visually they they definitely played on her on her beauty visually, but as far as like plot wise dialogue things like that, there wasn't really a lot done there that would that would suggest much i mean they they don't they kiss once at the end of the movie or whatever no, they don't don't do they not even kiss they hug they that's hug. why I like okay, it because there's right, no yeah. there's no romance in this movie. Or any There's just that a crap. minor suggestion, yeah. No, it's just it. like a hey, we're fellow spies. There's a little suggestion. I don't well, think I mean, there's so. not really a scene in the movie that you go. Yeah, she couldn't really be a spy, though, could she? Yeah, no, she she can was convincing. Yeah, I liked it. I, I by the way, I loved the the like prop weapons, like the the in disguise weapons in the oh, opera. The, yeah, oh yeah, the he's trying to figure it out. Like, what the yeah, when he like yeah, he puts like he puts his pistol in the nightstick. The one guy does, you know, and yeah. like no, it is the night like it's a machine gun. He turns his nightstick into a machine gun. Well, no, he had he had a pistol and he puts the pistol under the nightstick. To make it a long-range sniper, it wasn't a machine gun; it was a I sniper. Pist- oh, I thought the I nightstick uh, became the barrel. Yeah, yeah, the was. nightstick yeah. became the barrel of the pistol. So he took took his pistol and put it into the nightstick to make it into a like a barrel, like a sniper rifle. Uh, I thought it was just like they turned like his nightstick into a gun. Like, what? He didn't have a gun; it just they made it. No, because he was dressed as a security guard so that he could have a gun and a That's nightstick. True. But then, uh, yeah, the, tr- yeah, like the, the whatever saxophone. that other, what, what kind of... There was a flute, Is it a flute? I think it, I thought it was a sax. It wasn't a sax. It definitely wasn't a, a sax. Saxophone. Dude, the saxes have those giant, huge openings on the end. Yeah, sh- there's a hook. She 
he pulls the yeah hook it was off. I, it might not have been a flute but i think it was like a like a um some clarinet yeah something. i think it was a clarinet cuz it a saxophone would have had that giant opening at the bottom that's true but it had a curve yeah. like it, it, it went did down. yeah so it was like a clarinet or clarinets something clarinets don't have curve you ever watch spongebob i don't know he has a clarinet he carried it in a pretty small case yeah, yeah it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a sax it definitely wasn't a sax but it was something it something could have similar. been a soprano sax that's i get it, it was small it was still i'm really going to google it yeah not google right now, it. i don't care dead, but um but anyway, awesome movie. I think we can all agree on that. But another spy thriller type movie that we did see was Man no from spoilers. Uncle. spoilers. We won't spoil it. Okay. But Man from Uncle, with, without spoiling, if there was, if there was you know, one or, or a couple of things that stand out to you, it sounds like Alina has definitely an opinion or looks like it. Did you like the show? I loved it. I yeah. want to like twenty minutes in. I'm like, let's go see it again. <laughs> <laughs> so was it better than Mission Impossible? Five. No. I don't know. I feel like I enjoyed it more. I'm not sure that it was the better movie, but I the enjoyment I got yeah. out of it was more. What is I it? Think it was the perfect mix of like the buddy cop show and the spy show. Totally. What is the time era on it? Uh, it's it's 60s. It, yeah in the sixties during the Cold War. This is when um, like right after Germany had been split into East Germany and West Germany. So the the Soviet Union was very prominent in East Germany, and then the U.S. was very prominent in West Germany. Um, so Sounds it's kind of very entertaining. Exactly. It's, it's, they play a lot. Like the the device that they use in this was definitely the fact that they are in this this location that literally just has a fence between the Soviet Union and the U.S. Really. Um, so that it was a nice location to have the tension. You mean the Berlin Wall? Yeah. <laughs> that one? Okay. Obviously. Yeah, no, I know it's the Berlin Wall, but okay. what I'm saying is as a story device. Just a fence, that's all. Well, as a, what I'm saying is as Any a story device, offense? they put them in a spot where not only are you, know, are you playing on the Cold War between the U.S. and Russia, but you're in a spot where they are right next to each other, mm-hmm. whereas normally they're across the ocean. And so it gave it more of an opportunity to have that visual representation of the conflict between the two main characters. Um, which I liked because right in the credits, it explains to you exactly what's going on. You know, in a visual way, it shows the map of Germany and then getting split and then the flags, like so that mm-hmm. anyone confused or that doesn't know their Cold War history or World War II history, post World War II history. If you're 14, this will still make sense to you. Exactly. <laughs> the opening credits explain everything you need to know going in, which it's is awesome. Like you could show it in a history lesson. Totally. And it'd be like, oh, see, they built the Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the opening so be cr- perfect for you, Devin. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. That was rude. But no, so that's uh, true. Yeah. I yeah, I, I like the movie a lot too. Um, you know the I I love Guy Ritchie's shooting style. He did um, uh, Rock and Roll as well as the two Sherlock Holmes movies. I love those. So good. <laughs> um, and then uh, Snatch was another movie he did with uh, Brad Pitt and Jason Statham. Awesome movie if you haven't seen it. Really Great good. One. Um. But uh, I love his shooting style. Like in a lot of the action scenes, everything gets like really sped up and then really slowed down and like almost cartoony, which was super awesome. Like it's it keeps its realism, but like I don't well, know. So there's there's a lot of it's it's very stylistic. Style, the choreography sure. is um, one of the best you'll ever see in an action movie. Definitely. Uh, but very different from a lot of action movies is when you see a, a Bourne movie or a Bond movie or a Mission Impossible movie get into an intense scene mm-hmm. you know you hear all of the noises in the scene are accentuated a bit you know like yeah. in mission impossible 5 you hear it as he you know gets hit by the arm that swings by and as the uh memory chips just fall and hit the ground yeah you, you hear, hear all, all these little subtle sounds 
in The Man from Uncle, when they get to the most intense scenes, oftentimes they cut all the sound out, yeah. and there's just an overly done score, a lot of music. Yeah. And it just sort of reanimates the scene into a very different feeling. It's just whatever the feeling of the movie is, yeah. or the, of the music. I actually like that. I love yeah. it when they do that, when they take out all the sound, and they just kind of do it like slow motion, or just like... Yeah, it's a, it's a trick that speed. Tarantino uses occasionally. Yeah, yeah, this the Guy Ritchie and Tarantino have very similar shooting styles, and although like their style is different, the way that they shoot and the way that they speed up action or do their action scenes is so similar. I was thinking that throughout the movie. Yeah, you know when you watch um, what is it uh, Inglorious Bastards? Tarantino uses the music to make a lot of the scenes much much more intense than they would mm. be. You know, where it's just because without the music, it's. Christoph Waltz just staring across the table. Exactly. That's who I meant. <laughs> At the very start. We of the figured show. it out. <laughs> Sorry. You and then he uses the same thing in Pulp Fiction, where he makes a lot of scenes seem oh. a lot funnier. Yeah. You know, like sort of dark comedy, a little bit more humorous than they otherwise would be, when it would just be kind of scary. Yeah, just by music and, and music. speed. And in this one, they make a lot of scenes much more f- hilarious. <laughs> I really do. Being able to hear There's the like sound. a torture scene, like a pretty crazy torture scene that's actually <laughs> well, really funny. Horrifying, <laughs> and you're laughing hysterically. Really? In your scene. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. That, when they do that, they can change the whole mood of the scene to whatever they want. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's and super like cool. action brilliant. scenes where, like in a lot of other movies, they make it super intense. But in this one, it's like light music to be like, oh, this is so <laughs> easy and normal. <laughs> and I like nice little violins and everything. Well, I'm really excited to see this movie now yeah. just because of that whole concept. Know, I'm stoked. No. The sh- yeah, it's so it's so fun. Like, it, it is a really fun movie. And the style is awesome because, like, first of all, Henry, Ca- Henry Cavill, I found out it is Cavill. Um, Cavill. Yeah, people always like, Cavill. And his Cadillac Coupe de Ville. <laughs> but he looks so good throughout this freaking movie. So good. Holy crap! Army Hammer more actually. Really? Yeah. Ilya Kuryakin. That's his character's name. That never was Batman. That never was Batman, but almost was. He pulls off a very good, um, just well, a a very good Russian, and it's it's a Russian act that he doesn't give up on it. You know, you'll start noticing in different movies that Russian actors and actresses, well, when they're acting Russian, yeah, sort of stray from it a bit and you kind of notice like hey you're being a little more yeah. English speaking than you should yeah he didn't break um, he doesn't break at all really? and same uh, with Henry Cavill that's actually surprising because I do notice good. that and yeah. it, like it's not it, and I think what the d- big difference is it's not just the the voice it's the mannerisms yeah mm-hmm. you know it's he's very stiff he's very like abrupt in the way he like, he walks because this show I mean this was a TV show beforehand had yeah. like what four seasons of it back something in the like 60s? that yeah the guy who was the doctor in NCIS was uh, was Army Hammer's character back then which really? is kind of funny yeah Ducky so from funny. NCIS that's so funny I loved that he was kind of like underplayed like there wasn't these crazy emotions on his face yeah. when you know that he's experiencing crazy emotions it's like so controlled yeah his face is just like stiff but then the music that's the other thing yeah. too is like the violins kick up and you're like mm. And you can just, like, you can tell that he's boiling without his face going crazy. Yeah, I thought that was really cool how they did that. Yeah. Yeah, he does the, like, intense focus yeah. really well on this one. And it's it's these strange mannerisms that you know that he did his homework. Yeah. Um, like, because in the TV show, he was supposed to have been a, you know, grand master of chess. Yeah. You know, for several years. And they don't make hardly any reference to it in the movie. There's... One scene a few where he's visual like things, playing yeah. with a chess piece for ten seconds, and then there's and another the where he's playing like 
Well, and there's the one low rating of his chess master status. Yeah. There is one scene where he plays chess against himself, though, for a well, little yeah, bit while yeah. she's talking to him. There's that, yeah. That's what I mean. Like he just yeah. plays, but you don't get the sense. No one like, ever says it. Oh, he's a fantastic chess player. It's like he's yeah. bored. Yeah. But you know, you can tell from just his expression yeah. that he's very intense and very intelligent, very analyzing. Yeah. So you go, this guy did his homework. He watched all the seasons of the TV show and he yep. really mastered his Russian accent. Oh yeah. And I I love that about Army Hammer because like. You know, a few things where I've, he like he gets really into his roles. Like he gets excited about them. Like when he was going to play Batman, he was super mm-hmm. excited about it. Reading tons of comics. Like he he still talks about the costume tests and stuff like that to this day. Um, and same with Social Network. Like he did tons of research. He I think mm-hmm. I can't remember how many times he said he read through Accidental Billionaires um, just for research on that book or on that role. But like he's yeah he is someone who like he's not like a method actor where he like gets super into his thing or whatever. He just gets really excited and like researches stuff. That's way cool. Like, and especially, I don't know. He, yeah. That's how all, all actors should be. Totally. I mean, not like get into it like Heath Ledger. Yeah, but like get into it where they do a ton of research and, and I mean, get excited. Good job. Yeah. Like, I don't know if uh, Henry Cavill did as much work as Army Hammer did. Probably but not. I think he was just as effective because yeah. I think yeah. this one comes a little more naturally to him. Totally. Um, I mean, it really plays to him. And I mean, when it he's be for a lot of reasons, but he yeah. just slides right into this velvety smooth, you know, American thief, yeah. which you don't really see very many smooth American spies. No, usually it's a lot they're of Jason Bourne style, yeah, you know, the brutal one style, yeah, the Ethan American Hunt. Bond, yeah, you, like you don't really see a, a version of James Bond from America, but yeah, you see if, the if there is one, this is the closest to it. Yeah, you I see like more his transatlantic accent. Yes. That he does, and he never breaks it either because he's got a pretty thick British accent. Normally, and in Superman, you could kind of see some parts where like he was I struggling to keep notice. the accent. Really? No, he had a British accent. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you didn't know he had one, you'd think he was just an American. Yeah, and especially in this because he sa- he sounds like an American actor from the '60s. Like That's his true. his voice comes across very much of the time, which I think is effective for the movie and establishing the. the it tone. sounds like he should be on the radio. Exactly. Really? Totally. So like yeah. legit transatlantic? Yeah, yeah, he has a legitimate transatlantic accent. That's cool. Which is way cool. Um, and he never breaks it. And he's always like he, his, his, the, you know, the, the, um, cadence in which he speaks, how quickly or really how slowly he speaks never changes. He never speeds up his voice. He's always just very relaxed and smooth and he's never really panicked, you know, which is a great juxtaposition to army hammers. Yes. Very, you know, brash, quick, uh, Russian, <laughs> quick Russian. Yeah. It was awesome. Like they watching the two, and it's it's kind of funny. Like when you think about it, this really almost was Batman v Superman. Well, there, <laughs> <laughs> since he's almost Batman, and you got Superman there, you know, in the sixties. Well, in but the like 60s. This, they're a great pairing that you don't. It's never really clear who's got the upper hand. Totally, you know, it's not like Starsky and Hutch where we go. Starsky, yeah, we we you know we know. Yeah. It's not like Batman and Robin where one's clearly inferior to the other. Yeah, they're these, always... These guys are very much equal, both in their acting, in their delivery, and in the character they play. Yeah. I like that I like that neither of them was, like, a super established actor. They were just both actors that had had a couple of, like, you know, notable roles before, yeah. but that were good, and they're the same age, like, both physically prominent. They did a good job of casting on this, for sure. I liked both of the women in this one as yeah. well. Yeah, Alicia Vikander, who was uh, the robot, or uh, Ava from Ex Machina. Yeah, she, she did such a good job. Yeah. She was so funny, but still, like, did all the, like, 
don't know. Yeah. She was a good part of that. And she, I don't know whether she's British or American or what, but like the, the difference in the accent from Ex Machina to... She's Swedish. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. It's and a fantastic Ex Machina? Movie. No. Hmm. It's not. <laughs> you ever see it? <laughs> You gotta see the movie, dude. It's way good. Isn't she like a machine? <laughs> it's it. Uh, it means from the machine in mm. old language. I can't remember which language. Um, but yeah, it's uh, she was Looks she was cool. awesome. I see it. And then uh, what's her face? The yeah, the the evil woman. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Elizabeth Debicki. Yes, her. She is a, a French actress. Oh, well, so her. Uh, her dad is Polish and her mother's Australian, but she was raised in France. That's an interesting combination. It's like the Steve Nash of acting. Yeah. That's kind of like, okay, so you know how Tom Hiddleston, I don't know if you guys think this too, but Tom Hiddleston just has that perfect accent. Yes. That is such a specific set of events that had to happen for him to have <laughs> that accent. He was, his dad is Scottish and all of his dad's family are Scottish. His mother's family is, um, is British from London. He was ra- he was born in, England, but then lived in Scotland until he was like three or four, and then moved back to London and was raised there, and then trained in theater and stuff. Like, and so he would always have like, and especially at all of his family gatherings, his dad's half was very Scottish, like not able to understand what they're saying Scottish, and then his mom's family was very proper English, <laughs> and it just has this like perfect fusion that creates this super unique accent that sounds amazing, no matter what he says. I, I have a huge man crush on Tom Hiddleston. In case you couldn't tell, I'm clear. Clearly. Did you have a man crush on everybody you talk about? Basically. Here? Man crush and woman crush. I'm, I'm equal with my crushes. Yes, no, I agree. It's this, more men. This it might be. <laughs> this girl's accent <laughs> is very good. Not trying but... Um, especially when you consider this is only her sixth acting gig. Wow. Uh, she's only done a few things. One of them was a, a short film, and one was like one episode on a TV show. So the, either of those is not that great. Yeah, no, not that this, big she either. she was in uh, Macbeth, which, you know, was a film, but, you know, pretty low distribution one where people mm. didn't really notice her and before that great gatsby which was her second wow. uh, job like out of nowhere and she did a really good job they had a lot yeah. of like none of the actors were what i'd call a list but i think they all Solid. pulled the movie off so well oh yeah well they yeah they did they did a good job of casting just like young actors that you know like army hammer and henry cavill are fairly well known hugh grant is well known but then past that, it was, you know, people who have had, like, yeah, one or two gigs that were really good. And then I think yeah. just casting and auditioning was really the probably where they, they made the most difference. Yeah. I think. But, yeah, they were all way good. Like, any, I think any of them could have carried a, a large portion of the movie on, the, on their own. Yeah, I think they got people that they knew they could sign for multiple movies that wouldn't break the bank. Yeah. Know, it's not like when you sign Christian Bale to be Batman three times, you're going to pay that guy a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. You know, these guys aren't going to charge that much, yeah. uh, but they're going to deliver a good product and you can get other people around them, you know, sound engineers, you can get yeah. good cinematographers to make everything pass off. Well, and Guy Ritchie does notch. a ton of that because Guy Ritchie exactly. is involved in like every step of it. And he, I think he does his own editing, which is and efficient. That's, that's where the difference is, I think, is with a lot of movies you have to choose are you paying your actors or are you paying your director yeah exactly and this one they chose to pay the director worth and it turns out works really yeah. well well and, and the thing is too that army hammer and henry cavill are both actually like warner brothers is kind of their home studio mm-hmm. that they do most of their movies with and so it was fairly easy to pull them in kind of like with tom hardy most of tom hardy's movies are are done by wb um they kind of do that with their actors where they keep them very close to the chest and and give them big roles 
that they'll you know that'll do something for their career and in return they get a little bit of a cut on it mm-hmm. as far you know or a little bit of a price cut um which is something really smart the wb does because yeah they have so many movies like this where the actors are awesome and and normally they wouldn't be able to pull that much talent for the kind of movie but anyway overall rating i'd give it a, a solid seven and a half out of ten i know i'm really boring on that one i'll give it nine watches out of ten Ah, Easter egg. You guys have to watch the movie to find out what she meant. Shoot. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> if both your hands raised up in the air, how many thumbs would pop up? One and a half. <laughs> well, that's weird. The, yeah, half of, my, half of my left thumb would get chopped <laughs> off as I raised it up to the air. So It would also be bleeding, which means I would have to attend to it very quickly. But what happened? Never mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about you, Kev? <clears throat> um... You know, I would give it uh, eight exotic cars out of ten. Because a strange thing in the background of a lot of these scenes are Holy crap, yes. very, very expensive cars yeah. placed throughout this whole thing. Like, there's, there's a scene where for just a quarter of a second, in the background, nobody around the car is a $10 million car. Legit. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, they crash a few very expensive cars. Um <gasps> I hate that. It's it's these sort of cars that you'd go, oh, that's a nice car. But, like, you wouldn't know that, no, no, that's... That is a really nice car. To get a hold of one of those, just to pay the guy that owns this car to bring it down for an hour is going to cost us 50 grand. Yeah. Just to get this in the background of this one shot. And Guy Ritchie is, you know, kind of a little car nut. He is. And so (laughs) I think he just enjoys sticking these... And being a period piece, 60s or whatever, you can get a hold of some yeah. really cool looking cars. Well, especially That's in the cool. locations they were, because they were in like Monaco and like tons of crazy yeah. where well, racing is culture, you know? And I think they chose to primarily film this thing out of London. Yeah. And then just cuts your travel budget a lot just totally. to around all these fun places. Yeah. Yeah, it, it established like it established the tone of the movie so much better. I think having all those all those vehicles, like it just gave it such a background, like a texture and a depth to it that, that it wouldn't have had otherwise. Sorry, I'm just reading the trivia. Yes. Two things. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, Army Hammer did watch the show before production, but Henry Cavill did not. Oh, oh, oh Kevin called it. Nice. And then, also, this is like the origin story for the TV show. Uh, Why wouldn't they, he watch the TV show of a movie he's going to make? He's probably busy being Superman. S- Superman, whatever. <laughs> I'm fine with it because he was awesome in this movie. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's. I mean, when you're Henry Cavill, yeah, though, I'm not going to worry about that. Oh, one one other quick piece character? of trivia. No. Did you know did you that read the Superman comics? <laughs> Better have. Did you? No, he probably didn't. He's did playing. you guys know? Sorry, what? That Edward Cullen from the Twilight series was actually his appearance. The way he was described was based on Henry Cavill. Really? <laughs> yep. Wow. Wait, what does that mean? So the books, when Stephanie Meyer wrote the books, the way that she described Henry, or the way that she described Edward Cullen, the way that she pictured Edward Cullen, and the way that the casting sheet was played out on Edward Cullen was Henry Cavill. So she wanted Henry Cavill. Know him? Like what did she? He was in Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, as Albert. Yep. Okay. Indeed. Hmm. Yeah, she had a bit of a, a woman crush. He was like. And I guess he was the right age for that because he's like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. yeah, when he was in uh, in that movie, he was yeah he was he's the kid young. that almost gets his finger cut off. Yeah, he gets kidnapped. 
Pretend so. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, so I just remember I know the character name, but I don't remember exactly what he did. I don't remember the character names. I don't remember what they <laughs> He's did, the though. one who's like actually the Count's son in the movie, but yeah, yeah. grows up thinking he's the, the Ferdinand son. But yeah, it's kind of funny that they went from Henry Cavill to uh, what's his face, Robert Pattinson. Like that's a <laughs> that's a quite a drop off there. <laughs> it's a lot less in stature and a lot less in looks. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, last, uh, last time on the show, we talked about our action hero bracket. We established what the parameters were, and we, we sent a call out to the, uh, to the audience, to the masses, to the people, to the Redditors, to the Facebookers, to the Twitterers. Basically anybody on the internet. To the internet! And we compiled a list. We've compiled a sizable list. Um, How many people are in this list, as, Kevin? As we anticipated, we weren't going to have a shortage of people. No. Uh, so it's really become trimming it down to 64, so it's not ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we had so to cut far, down a few. We have, 64 is not ridiculous. <laughs> well, <laughs> 64 is the standard we can go by because of March Madness. Yes. But we've got gotcha. a list of 81 uh, characters that we've stuck in here, so a decent amount of trimming the fat will be yes. happening. We will be trimming the fat, for sure. But uh, we've... We're going to have this bracket set up for everyone to view, but it'll produce things uh, like... So I've created a quick randomized opening round. Uh, Kevin Costner's yeah, Robin teaser. Hood against Arnold Schwarzenegger's Conan from Conan the Barbarian. Okay. Who will well, then face the winner of Mr. T's B.A. Baracus from what? the A-Team against St- <laughs> Stephen Amell's Oliver Queen from Arrow. Oh, B.A. Baracus so, versus Arrow. So who comes out on that one? We'll find out. We'll have to decide, and then uh, between Robin Hood and Conan the Barbarian. Well, are we going to do one against uh, Stephen Amell versus Stardust? (laughs) (laughs) That one's already going to be decided for us. We'll watch that on TV, and it's fake, and nobody cares about Stardust. uh, I bet you the Green Arrow. Samuel L. Jackson's (laughs) uh, John Shaft from Shaft against Viggo Mortensen's Aragorn. Ooh. That'll be a fun one. Who will then take on the winner between Arnold Schwarzenegger's Harry Tasker from True Lies against Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne. Wow. I think we know who's going to win that. You know, so there's lots of different there's ways a lot this of one. could go down. Yeah. And we will, so we will have the bracket, and to, to everyone out there, uh, when we put this bracket online, we'll have you go fill it out and, and send it in to us. We'll see, you know, kind of get a fan consensus on it so that when we're, when we're debating, when we're coming up with our opinions, we will also factor in the fan opinion. Dude, it's going to be hard. Cause I can't see a lot of these characters losing. Yeah, you be- can't but because that's, that's why written, you know, these are the characters totally. that don't lose. They're the heroes. So that's what makes it hard. I know. So it's, this is going to be interesting guys. Yeah. It'll be a challenge. It'll be, it'll be exciting. We'll make a special bracket of Devin's picks. And how he decided. Yeah. Well, and we'll have you know any With fans that logic. any fans that fill out the bracket, <laughs> and all, all of us on the show will be filling Only out our own. If you really brackets. want to know the winner, man, <laughs> I'll be us, surprised if you get it exactly on. All of us on the show will be filling you out our own hide. brackets and then debating it, and we will uh, we will send out the bracket, post it online, and, and everyone will be able to fill it out, and then they'll be able to send their uh, submissions into bracket at that might be cool dot com or really anything at that might be cool dot com, and we'll get it. Um, and then we will we'll compare and we'll debate and we'll we'll get a, a general you know if there's an overwhelming fan opinion on on one you know or or any type of contest or, or match then that one will probably be decided there 
Um, but as far as uh, as nope, far as it goes, we are the we'll final decision. <laughs> we're experts. We will be, we'll be debating heavily. This is G Rex's show. He, yeah, <laughs> we get to pick. I get the final say. But uh, um, no, I, it'll it'll be fun. We'll we'll toss it out to everyone and, and see what people think. Because yeah, I'm interested to see what in general when people see Henry Tasker ver- or Harry Tasker versus uh, Bruce Wayne as played by Christian Bale, who wins. But what happens when Mark Wahlberg's Max Payne takes on Bruce Lee's Lee from Enter the Dragon? I think we know that. We don't know. I know. And if you don't know, you go watch the movies, find out. Yeah, and watch the movies, fill out your brackets, send them on into us. Uh, we'll have those posted. Um, I'll throw the link in the show notes as well. Uh, and it'll be all over all of our uh, social feeds, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at that might be cool on any social network. Um, but fill them out and send them back into us, and uh, and we'll 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 get them on in and we'll hash this baby out. Are, are there any final uh, final words or final thoughts before we uh, before we close this show out today? For many of you, oh come on, somebody's got to have something. I saw you, Devin. You were about to say something. What, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't about to say anything. <laughs> You oh sure? come on! You totally were. No, you were gonna say something, no. Devin. I know you were gonna say it. Don't do this to me. Again. You were gonna say it, Devin. Come on, <laughs> what were you gonna say? You've had plenty of time to prepare for this. Come on. What would you say if come you on. were me? I don't ever say anything. Chase doesn't ever say anything. He sucks at it. Suck you got to be better than Chase. Final words for the show. Come on, Devin. You can do it. Let's I hear G Rex. No, nah, you you got to give the final words, man. They're waiting. People are getting bored. Yeah, sure. probably already. Come on, the show everyone's off. everyone's tuning out right now, Devin. We're losing listeners fast. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Come on, the pressure's on. Just say something. That's loss of listeners. Yeah, we're going down. I can watch them. I can see them right now. They're they're dropping off. I'll I'll say something while you think of what you're. Kevin's say. got it. Uh, this weekend, go and see. Uh, Man from Uncle. It comes out tonight as you're listening to tonight, this. Tonight, that's right. Comes out tonight. Uh, and while there, look for these four cars. It's see if you spot them. There's an E Type, Jaguar E Type, a Ferrari 250, an AC Cobra, and an Aston Martin DB4. Ooh. If you see all four of those, you're a true movie fan. Yeah. And a car guy. Fan. Yeah. All right. Do you I don't know, know any of those cars. Yes. <laughs> Do you even know those cars? Nope. <laughs> Google them. But All I right. will notice them in the movie. Okay, Devin, the thing that you can lead us out with is what is your favorite car from a movie ever? Ever? Ever. The Batmobile. The Batmobile. Not. Which one? From the one with... Let's see. George Clooney. George Clooney. <laughs> That's the one. Are you serious? That Batmobile? Oh, yeah. With the giant wing on the back? It's got a big rocket launch, or rocket on the back. Yeah, that's true. Dude, it does. I'm surprised you didn't say Eleanor. I was surprised. I was expecting Original Eleanor, Eleanor as well. The All 73 right. Eleanor right. from the old... Would you rather be driving a Mustang seconds. down the road or, or a Batmobile? It's, he's got a point. How many bears would you get with that thing? <laughs> I'd actually take the Tumbler. The one over, the Tumbler? Over Clooney's no. Batmobile. I go, I go Zack Snyder Batmobile, dude. That thing looks sick. That one is cool. The new one's cool. George Clooney's Batmobile drives up buildings. <laughs> In 1993. Yeah, imagine what it could do actually. now. 1998. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This weekend, though. Man from Uncle. See Man from Uncle. Unless, I will. of course, you either A, uh, own a very expensive pair of Beats by Dre headphones or are a part of the BLM movement, in which case you should go see Straight Out of Compton. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Well, but, so, so, I go why not both? Case, 
then you're seeing Man from Uncle. Why double not both? feature? And we'll give you we'll give you the uh, the review on uh, Straight Outta Compton yeah, next you, week. You can double feature that. Just you know, pay for we'll both features because we're we so gangster. We'll do a TMBC double feature. I have feature. been listening to a lot of rap at work. You so. <laughs> <laughs> ready for that to, like, one? DMX and like some '90s like crazy weird '90s rap. Yeah, awesome. like Tupac. Can we just man? go through all this Tupac. by reviewing fan- Fantastic Four. Oh, uh, I did review Fantastic hmm. Four on Savage Land. Honestly. It's funny how that movie just went completely unnoticed. Fantastic yeah, I was four. thinking about that at the beginning of the show, but... Uh, it was... I can think of four good reasons not to see it. Chase, so... I've, my, my opinion's been voiced on air on the other show. Chase's has not. I don't what think we have enough time, dude. Tom, the show's over. We got a little time. No, dude. We'll <laughs> we review it on the next show. Uh, I got a lot to say. I got a lot to okay. say. They were we'll four short on the next show. I, I, have <laughs> a diff- I have a different opinion than you, Kevin, but we'll, we'll talk about it next show. <laughs> But you've actually seen it. But I've actually <laughs> seen it, so suck it. Have you not seen Fantastic Four? Nope. Come on, go watch please, it and form please, your own opinion. Please. Oh, we're gonna admit, let's make one better without Chris Evans and without Jessica Alba. I'm sure it'll be better. It was <laughs> actually, it was better okay. than the last Have you ones. Seen it? No. Devin's got to see it too. Yep. All right, uh, we'll, we'll send you off with, with uh, "See You Again," the song that made everyone cry at the end of, Fu- of Furious Seven. If you didn't cry, you aren't a human being. <laughs> Don't bring it up. <laughs> All right, and we will see you again next week. Bye. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way. From where we began Oh, I'll tell you all about it When I see you again When I see you again Damn, who knew All the planes we flew Good things we've been through That I'll be standing right here Talking to you about another path I know we love to hit the road and laugh But something told me that it wouldn't last had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever pays. Now I see you in a better place. Uh, how can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gon' be with me for the last ride. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. again. We've come a long way way. from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. You both go out your way and the vibe is feeling strong and was small turned to a friendship A friendship turned to a bond and that bond will never be broken The love will never get lost And when brotherhood come first then the line will never be crossed Established it on our own when that line had to be drawn And that line is what we reach so remember me when I'm gone can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you're gonna be with me for the last one. Let the light go.
Oh, I'll tell 